I'm Christy Gupton, and I'm an Employee Benefits Advisor. Welcome to Healthcare Solutions, a podcast where we explore innovations in healthcare, cost containment strategies, and employee well-being. We'll discuss every way possible to turn our healthcare system back into the kind of environment where patient care comes first and costs go down as a result. I invite you to join me to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Okay. Hey guys, we are here with Christy Gupton today. She is just back from a speaking engagement down in Spartanburg, South Carolina over this past weekend. Uh, Christy's with me. Christy, tell us about how it went. I'm excited to hear. You know, we have quite a revolution going on in healthcare these days. Uh, the, The primary care space is literally on life support. Doctors are burned out. Um, patients are frustrated, and insurance companies rule the day, and that's really the problem. And what we're seeing in pockets of the country is primary care physicians becoming frustrated with that whole status quo and wanting to break loose from it. And so a movement um, called the Direct Primary Care uh, it's not necessarily a movement. I'm calling it that because these are people that are uh, breaking up the status quo and trying something. It's really not new. This is the way doctors operated 100 years ago. But but in our generation, we haven't seen it because insurance companies have been ruling the day for the last 50 years. So primary care doctors are starting to say, I'm not going to take insurance anymore. I'm not going to participate in these networks because they're all, um, you know, they're all a sham and we're going to do things differently here. And so they hang a shingle and they start accepting patients on a cash basis. You know, the, the national average is somewhere between 50 and $75 a month per person. Um, the uh, one of the main doctors that um, sponsored Saturday's session, and, and I attended the um, the Free Market Medical Association, the Carolinas chapter. I'm helping um, a couple of colleagues found that chapter of the Free Market Medical Association. So, um, uh, Doctor Jerome Aya, who uh, owns Palmetto Proactive, which is a, a direct primary care office in Spartanburg, South Carolina, he shared lots of great information um, and brought in one of his employer clients who actually pays the monthly fee for his employees who want to go see him. So um, he mentioned that his rates are $50 um, per, per person per month or no more than $200 for a family. So this is just a monthly fee like a gym membership. Right, but when you can, um, when you can get so much care in that one space that maybe you either don't need a major medical insurance policy, or maybe you, if you're an individual and you can wrap around it a healthcare sharing organization that you might participate in, or if your employer and here's the panacea of it all, if your employer will recognize that having proper primary care actually resolves a lot of the downstream issues in the healthcare system and reduces all a lot of the downstream costs in, in the whole healthcare system. If they'll invest that flat, stable, um, 
known dollar amount every month in a direct primary care relationship, then they can save that and then some on all the downstream care after after the primary care relationship. So, you know, in primary care right now, you've got either a fee-for-service environment where an insurance company rules the day, um, <clears throat> or you've got this direct primary care. And really, there are some wonderful things happening in, in different pockets of, of our country. Not everywhere, but it's growing. Um, you know, you can talk to, um, you know, just about any primary care doctor today who um, operates in a fee-for-service environment, you know, where you come in and you pay a copay every time you you come in the door. Mm-hmm. Um and then you turn around and, and let an insurance company resolve it on the back end. Well, I can promise you that there's not a primary care doctor in the nation that is happy with that setup. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because they have to have a patient panel of somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,500 patients to even make ends meet. Whereas in direct primary care, you'll find that those patient panels need to be around 400 to 600 patients to where that. CPC doc can make a very good profit Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, serve those patients very well. So the Free Market Medical Association is really more than just about direct primary care. But of course, DPC docs love this concept, this this, um, concept of bringing willing buyers and willing sellers together in a cash-based environment where there is complete transparency. And you... You can't. You just can't get any better than that. And when you can um, bring a critical mass like an employer client to a, a DPC doc in a town and start to tackle chronic disease in a uh, a much more hands-on, um, nurturing environment, uh, y- you know, you can't do that in fee-for-service where you only have 15 minutes you can spend with your patient. And when they have to come in and, and pay you a copay every time they walk in the door, indirect primary care, usually the only stream of revenue that that doctor receives is your monthly subscription, just like your gym membership, mm-hmm. right? So, but they can do so much in that space with that subscription-based fee. They can do almost all your labs. They can do immunizations. They can do... Um, you know, uh, they can act as a healthcare navigator if they need to refer you out to a specialist or they need to help arrange for you to have an x-ray or an MRI. They generally have inside knowledge about how to get that done for you through their contacts in the medical system. If that doctor was owned and operated by a hospital, um, look out because (laughs) they would be required to uh, refer you back to the hospital or risk being, um, you know, penalized right. by the hospital. So if you've got an independent primary care doc who um, is still integrated within that community's healthcare system, but can work around some of the red tape and figure out how to get you the best care, um, all while addressing all your primary care needs for a small monthly fee, um, I think that, you know, and, and I don't want to confuse people and make them think that this is the same thing as concierge medicine because it is not. Okay. In concierge medicine, you generally have a, a um, you still have a fee-for-service environment. You're just paying a premium on top of that to be able to get to the top of the list. 
Right. So um, usually the only people that invest in concierge medicine are the highly paid individuals. Direct primary care is for everyone. And most um, pure DPC doctors don't take insurance, period. So they don't, well, because they don't need it. (laughs) They can have a much better, more efficiently run practice where they spend more time with patients when they don't have to file insurance paperwork or satisfy, you know, whatever it is they need to satisfy with two hours uh, worth of um, uh, bureaucracy for every one hour's worth of patient time. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, this is just a whole new movement in, especially in primary care, but is having a very positive effect on all parts of healthcare. It sounds like it. That is fantastic. One question I have as far as a stopgap for a doctor that really is into this and wants to do this, my gym membership, I can go every day of the week. Exactly. I can stay for hours. Are, are, are there limits that these guys set for that $50 payment, no. or is it something that people, as long as they're yeah. really in need of going yeah. to the doctor, can yeah. go? That's great. I'll, I'll tell you a story, um, and, and I don't mind sharing this. I'm, I'm done being embarrassed about it, but uh, as, a, as an individual, as a patient, as a person who consumes healthcare, um, and as a human being, I myself have healthcare challenges. <laughs> sure, and, we all do. And yeah. and so one of the stories I tell a lot is when um, I was 37 years old and myself was diagnosed with type two diabetes. So there were a lot of moving parts to that. I, um, you know, I might have been carrying around a little extra weight, but I didn't necessarily. I, I you just couldn't have defined me as obese. Mm-hmm. But maybe I just had a predisposition to it. I certainly didn't expect that to come, you know, on to, to my plate at 37 years old. But, um, you know, the, what could have happened was if I had been in a, in a direct primary care type of um, environment, what could have happened is the doctor could have said, okay, Christy, here's your diagnosis, but you could absolutely reverse this. All you need to do is a few things. You need to eat a low-carb diet. You need to check your blood sugars pretty often. You need to take some medication. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which I was not ready to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I needed some hand-holding there and a little bit of nurturing and a little bit of tough love, but in an environment where I felt accepted and given some support. But here's what actually happened. Um, the doctor said, okay, here's your diagnosis, but you can absolutely reverse this. You're going to need to come talk to our um, diabetes educator, that, that was going to be another series of visits. Um, you're going to need to check your blood sugar, come back and, um, you know, meet with somebody, learn how to use this glucometer. That was going to be another series of visits. And then, um, you need to eat a low carb diet. Uh, and, and that's, that's fine. And then lastly, and this was the real kicker. I need to see you back in my office in 90 days. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So that set off a a number of years where I took one step forward and two steps back, mm-hmm. really not making much progress on my new chronic disease that I didn't want to address. I didn't want to admit I was addicted to carbs and I didn't want to be told what to eat. I mean, I'm a former registered dietitian. My mentality was, don't tell me what to eat. I know what to eat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just, I was, I had a bad attitude 
I love it. And I I really needed just a different support system. Yes, I needed accountability, but I I also needed somebody to say, let's let's go back to what could have happened, right? Mm -hmm. What could have happened was they they uh, after I got you know some instruction in a DPC environment, they could have said, now come back to me about this same time tomorrow. Let's look at what your blood sugars were when you checked them. Let's look at everything you put in your mouth in the last 24 hours and here, write it down in this way. Tell me exactly what time it is, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I could have come back the next day whenever it was good for me without having to pay another copay and without even having to make another appointment, just come in whenever's good for you, Christy. That's what could have happened. And then in, in that next day, we could have made a plan for the next 24 or 48 hours or the next week or the next month and mm-hmm. space it out until I got to a comfort level with what really needed to happen. Instead, I was let loose for, for 90 days. For three months. And I just didn't, yeah, I just didn't, um, what's the right way to describe it? I would try. Honestly, I would mm-hmm. for about three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, yeah. the biochemical dependency, I mean, I hate to call a spade a spade mm-hmm. here, but sugar is a substance that we are very dependent on, and I certainly was. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. yes. I mean, especially when you have diabetes and your insulin is not functioning properly, your cells are crying out for the sugar that's not getting into your cells the right way. And so you do go into like a um, a crash, like a, um, what do they call it when uh, relapse or something, sure. you know, when, when you're talking about addiction science, when it has to do with narcotics or whatever, they're, they're, I'm not calling sugar addiction like opioid addiction or anything like that. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not the same thing. I understand that, but I think there are similarities and that people who, especially diabetics, who are not getting the sugar into their cells because their insulin is not working or not being produced enough or, you know, whatever. I was in a situation myself where I was going a little too gung-ho on the low-carb thing. Okay. <laughs> so I would not just crash every three days. I would crash every afternoon oh, <laughs> at my. 3 o'clock. You know, I'd, oh, that'd be miserable I, from the for time, you. Yeah, from I'm the so time my, my, foot, you know, my feet would hit the floor in the mm-hmm. morning, I would do great on the whole low-carb thing, maybe too good. And then... By the afternoon, I was looking for a candy bar, you know? So I needed a little extra strategic placement of carbohydrate at certain times of my day, and I was just going a little too gung-ho on mm-hmm. it. And so even though I knew these things in theory, I, I haven't practiced as a dietitian in 20 years, mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. I, I probably just didn't have enough personal um experience with it to remember what I'd learned in college, you know. Mm-hmm. And and anyway, I just, I use that story to make the case that maybe today, if I had been under the care of a direct primary care doctor, maybe today I would actually have reversed that disease, but I haven't. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's in the cards for me, but I'm doing the best I can with with it for now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm on a very good track. My A1C is back in check and um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing much better with it, but Good. oh, do I ever wish that back when I was 37 years old, I was just in a different 
environment instead of a fee-for-service environment where my doctor was literally handicapped with what she could and could not do um, to help me, as opposed to the way patients can interact with a direct primary care doc. It's just so freeing. The freedom, that's that's really what we call it is healthcare freedom mm-hmm. when you're not shackled by what an insurance company will and will not reimburse your doctor. Right. So a, a lot of times we're forced with having to deal with a cut that we could handle fairly quickly up front. But we have to wait for it to get infected down the mm-hmm. road before we can get get in there proper and really care. proper exactly. proper care. Thank you for speaking with me today. We're going to be speaking a lot more with Christy Gupton. President of Custom Benefit Solutions here in Morganton, North Carolina. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Thank you for joining our important discussion as we attempt to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you think. For more information on the work we do at Custom Benefit Solutions, visit our website at www.custombenefits.work.